What's up, entrepreneurs and business owners? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. We have a special show in store today. We've got our very own leadership coaching. I don't know if you call this a session or recap or some version of all of that. Um, I have two people in the studio with me today. We're going to have a three-part discussion on coaching, being coached, on leadership development, on getting stronger in your business and your life. This is going to be super awesome as we talk about a lot of the things we've seen that's been life-changing uh, from a coaching aspect or getting coached in our life and in our business, and also some of the things that you should consider when it comes to coaching and just really touch on some testimonials here of having somebody with us that has that is in the middle of coaching that we have seen life-changing and business-changing differences made major decisions and major changes because of it. It's super awesome. I love coaching. I love getting coached. Um, I think there's no better way to move the ball faster in your business and in your life. So we're going to dive into that today. My guest today, number one, Jason Vonk, Inspired Leadership Coaching, also Sherpa Executive Coach. Welcome to the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk with both of you. All right. So you are the coach, the one who has been getting coached by you, who I have seen major changes in and who has in turn helped coach me on some things. And we have made some major drastic changes in our business and her role, none other than Elizabeth McCook of Brown and McCook, our own office, my coworker. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this. You're, you're pumped? I'm excited. Are you really excited or are you nervous? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> You've been asking me to do this for two years now, and I've said no, but this has had such an impact on my life. I couldn't not get on here and talk about it. I love it. All right, Jason, tell us a little bit about Sherpa coaching the book you two have been going through, kind of how you got into this, why you're so passionate about it, um, why this is super inspiring for all of our listeners. Just give us a little crash course in background. Yeah. So Sherpa is a company, company that does a process-driven coaching model. So um, I gave Elizabeth a journal and we go through 12 sessions. And the University of Georgia actually certifies Sherpa coaches in combination with the company Sherpa. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. So that's that's how we got connected through the University of Georgia. And uh, and so it's a 12-week process. It's, uh, it's deficit-based, which essentially means we're looking for weaknesses that we can flip into strengths. And... Um, and then coaching just means asking lots of questions to get there. All right. I love it. I want to talk about coaching in general. We all sat down with our team, what, a week ago, Elizabeth? Yeah. Around the table, conference table here at the office. And there was a lot of skepticism behind coaching. I've, I've been involved in coaching, getting coached for several years. I do some coaching on my own, but I spend way more time and money getting coached than I do coaching. And it has been life-changing for me. I would this, this business would not be here if it weren't for a life and business coach. Um, I spend a lot of money on coaching, and it's worth 10 times what I spend, so I love it. But some people in our office, Elizabeth's husband included, was very skeptical about coaching, and they were under the impression that coaching is just some version of somebody telling you their opinion kind of like listening and just therapy you see on TV. 
And we were explaining to them there is specific coaching that is systems, it's processes, it's you're following steps, you're asking questions to uncover stuff. So I think the first thing to share with our audience is exactly what does coaching look like, and it's probably not what you think in your mind because it's very more, it's a lot more strategic and, and there's a lot more of a system behind it than just sitting around kumbaya-ing talking about stuff. So yeah, tell us a little right. bit about that side of what you do. Well, I would start with explaining it as I would kind of put it on a, a spectrum where you have consulting mm-hmm. on one end of the spectrum and you have coaching on the other. Okay. And so consulting, I would say the consultant is bringing you the content, bringing you the answers and bringing you the solutions. The coach, on the other hand, is drawing solutions out of you. <laughs> so I don't need to know anything about taxes Yep. And I don't know that much to help somebody who works in a business that does taxes. Makes sense. Because I'm asking questions. I'm drawing stuff out of them. Um, also, a coach is an expert in um, the human condition and human behavior and um, relationships and how you show up with people. And so, so we're getting at that, which is common to every business in life. Absolutely. And one of the coaches that I engage with weekly she doesn't know the first thing about taxes or running a tax firm, but she has helped me leave a firm that I was a partner at for 22 years, start a new firm, and reach tremendously higher levels of success in my tax firm, even though she doesn't know the first thing about taxes or running a tax firm. So I think that is the most common misconception with coaches is they don't have to know your business. This is There's strategies and things about how to help you get out of your own way or ask you the right questions to <clears throat> figure out where you want to go and how do you get there and and just kind of have a third-party unbiased opinion. So, Elizabeth, let's dive into your side. I want to know, going into coaching, what was your expectation and how do you feel now versus how you felt going into it? So I was excited about coaching to begin with, just because I love like personality assessments and like really understanding who I am. Um, And we were getting to a point in the business where I was starting to feel like uh, maybe I wasn't in the right role to serve our team and our clients in the best way. Um, So I really thought this was an opportunity to kind of dive in, understand myself and kind of see, am I in the right role? Um, So I think it was like two sessions in, um, our coaching session really inspired me to go talk to the whole team about what I was doing and if I was in the best fit for everyone. And after some team discussions, um, we decided that we think maybe something else a little different for me would be the best fit for us. And um, I was finally ready to just dive into that. Um, And these coaching sessions have just continued to reassure my decision to do that. How many weeks are y'all in to doing coaching together? We've done nine weeks. Nine weeks. Okay. And this was probably three or four weeks in we started to uncover some of these things. So it was really fast. Mm -hmm. I think it was actually the first week. Oh, was it really? Are you serious? I remember the question. It was very early. I remember the question I asked because she was already processing some of these ideas in the first session. And um, I I just asked her, what do you want? Because she was telling me what everybody else in your business wanted. And Mm -hmm. when I asked her that question, she took a pause and she goes, I don't know. And so as a coach, I just said, hey, I want you to think about that. Here's some homework. Well, 
that think about it turned into a lot of conversations with you all, and it, it turned into her understanding what she wanted and what you all wanted, and it helped you get somewhere. Well, this is a testament to how gifted you are at what you do, because I've been asking her that question for about five years, <laughs> and I, every time it comes with more and more frustration. I don't know what I want. I, I like what true. I do now. I like doing everything, and so... You somehow figured something out in a week that I hadn't been able to figure out in five years, which is awesome. But the cool thing about the the Sherpa coaching, and and I think you two are going through a book and a kind of a system behind it, is there's homework behind it. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth every week has came to me with questions or things she's working on outside. I think that's really cool to open up that space of thinking about things and doing the extra work. And we, again, through the coaching side, we figured out, I think, Jim Collins talks about it in Good to Great, the right people in the right seats. I think by far you're the right person for everything we do. We've just had you in the wrong seat for a long time. Mm. And this helped uncover that for you and for us as a business is, hey, how do we get the right people in the right seats and we can make a shift here? And even so much so, we're not going to ease into it. We're, I mean, we burned the bridges. Like we we hired for your old position and she started this week. So we are, yeah. we are all in – Massive change. Um, since you've made that decision, how many times have you thought about like, oh my God, I want to go back, or oh my God, is this the right decision? Not have you, at all. You haven't second guessed it at all. No. <laughs> Are you um, serious? With Sherpa, so. you really um, get a good look at every aspect of your strengths and weaknesses and understanding how they work together. So you get the biggest viewpoint of who you are, but also um, when those weaknesses start to show up, how you can use those to work for you and some different tools to really help when you are having to work in those weaknesses. So it's just been great all around. Um, The more I understand myself, the more I understand why this switch was the best thing that we could have done. I love it. Now, I think right now, I mean, again, we're early into it, but I am seeing amazing performance from your side. You're excited behind what you're learning and doing. Some of the things you're already doing better than me, and I've been doing this for 20-something years. And so it's really cool to kind of see that unfold so fast and take what you've learned from the last five years and apply it in a different way. And then did you – expect this to happen this fast or is this something you often see what what was your expectation going into it with elizabeth i mean i mean honestly after the first session i was like this is going to move really quick <laughs> um and obviously it did um that you know the, there's a self-awareness process that's mm-hmm. our first stage and then you go next to perceptions where you start to what do other people think of me is that accurate what i thought of myself um how do i interact with those people how do i work on those relationships and then you work on weaknesses and so on so um, she, Elizabeth rated herself pretty high on self-awareness. And I, I, would, I would totally agree with her. And after a couple of weeks, I was like, whoa, we've even turned a whole nother corner of self-awareness. Oh, so there's it. always room to grow in that area of awareness. All right. So this is a, I feel like this is a topic that I hear a lot now. And I have an opinion, but my opinion differs from most other people. And I get confused. Strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Do you only work on your strengths or do you try to improve your weaknesses or what is your theory and teaching on strengths and weaknesses and what do you spend your time around? I want to hear Elizabeth answer that question. Let's do it. Um, So after Sherpa coaching, I have a totally different opinion on strengths and weaknesses. 
I think that every strength has a weakness and they're kind of tied together. Um, okay. So there are things you're going to be naturally more gifted at, but when you are, when weaknesses are showing up in your day to day, there are things that you can do to navigate that and make it a little easier. Okay. What did you think before going in? I really thought you should just work on your strengths, do what you're good at, and the rest, leave it to someone else to figure out. Okay. And which is, I think, the most common teaching that I hear that I don't know that I agree with. I mean, just because I'm bad at talking on the phone don't mean I, sh- I got to talk on the phone to run my business. Like I, or that's a random example, but you know, if I'm bad at organization, I can't just be like, oh, I, you know, that's not my strength. I just going to be unorganized and my business is going to be chaotic and I'm going to drop the ball. I like, I don't think that's acceptable and I don't think everybody can afford to hire out all their weaknesses in the early stages of things. So what are your thoughts behind it? Yeah. I, I actually think there's two different paradigms and they're both right. So <laughs> if you take the strengths finder test, uh-huh. which Elizabeth has done, we even talked about that a little bit. I think there's 34 strengths on there. Mm-hmm. Your number 34 is never going to be your number one. Okay. I'm so, never going to have a lot of empathy. Is that what you're telling me? Is that your number 34? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so there's that paradigm. Yeah. And I think that's true. I, we're not trying to make strength number 34 strength number one. Okay. The other paradigm is your behaviors every day. There's things you can't you can't get away with continuing if you want to be successful. Agreed. And a lot of times those come to overuse strengths. So let's say I'm a go-getter. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's a strength of mine. However, I might be pushing out people out of the way in the process that I need. So that's strength overused. So I have to step back, realize that my strength turns into a weakness. So you may have to reel in your strength, not even harness it to not worry about harnessing it too much. Oh, I never thought about yes. that. Okay. Yes. Right, keep going. So yeah. so we've talked about intimidation, and I know that, yes. that that's come up. We won't dive quite there yet. But, for example, if – I mean, if you're a successful person, you're busy. But your busyness can send the message, don't bother me. So that's a weakness. So strength overused. This is super interesting. So – as opposed to working on your strengths and not working on your weaknesses, you have to be cautious. You have to work on your weaknesses because, again, you got to be some version of an all-around person on some level to operate and be successful in society and business. But then you have to be careful not to let your strengths overrun the reality of what you're, the role you're trying to serve. Yeah. Ah, this is good stuff. I like this. And the other thing we discover in Sherpa process is a lot of times there's just one key weakness that's kind of the linchpin. And if you okay. work on that, a lot of things start to go right after that. Okay. So let's use me as a case study. We talked about empathy and some of those things being at the bottom of my strength finders, which makes me struggle as a leader. Um, I am not a great leader. I'm not a great mentor. Um I am an awesome individual performer, but I just I don't have the empathy, the patience. I don't I don't mentor or teach very well, I, and so I struggle there. And I don't know should I be reading books on leadership and empathy and those things, trying to improve that skill set and that area of my life and in my work life. So I can be a better leader, or is it like, man, you're so far gone? Like it's good you know that and self-aware 
but you should just hire a leader because it's you're never going to enjoy it or you're never going to be good at it. What's yeah? What's your advice there? So here's how you look at both paradigms. The one okay. paradigm is it's not it's your number thirty four in your strengths finder. You better hire somebody who has empathy to work alongside of you. Okay. So yes, do that. All right. Number two, go to your coworkers and say, when does this show up? How is it impacting my business? And then you take it down to the specific moment. Hey, when I talk to you about such and such, this is your facial expression. Oh, okay. I can change that. I can take a breath and focus that my body Mm -hmm. language is showing empathy. I love it. You agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Um, We've worked on some tools together just to kind of help with that. When my weaknesses are showing up, even something as small as my body language can cause a huge difference in the impact on whatever's happening. So somewhat kind of back to self-awareness, I guess, realizing in that moment you're exhibiting some of those things that you don't want to and taking a pause or break or breath and kind of reapproaching. Definitely, yeah. I like it. How much of this is business coaching? How much of this is life coaching? Is it all the same thing? Uh, Well, it will impact your life. However, Sherpa coaching, we always come back to what's the impact on business. Okay. So there's times it might get personal. You might look back and go, man, in my outside life, I do this, this, and this, and it's happening at work. Okay, well, what's the impact on business and how do we change that? I love it. What's been your favorite thing that you've learned through this whole nine-week process? Um, it's, it's really hard to pick one thing. Um, I think the most fun thing have, has just been the discussions that it's led to in the office and the impact that it's had, um, from some of our discussions. If you would have just sat at a room, been coached for an hour, went home and worked at it on your own, would you have the same results as you've had discussing it with all of us and us all getting together and, I mean, that takes a lot of courage to have some of these conversations in front of five other people. Like, How important has that been in this transformation? That has had the most impact on this. Um, it definitely would not have had the same results if we had not had these conversations as a team. I felt like that was a big piece of it. Is that? Did you know you wanted to do that all along? Did you have to like drum up the... No, I think it's it's coaching that definitely inspired these conversations, and I don't think that I would have had them. I mean, a few months ago, you would ask me about my goals, and I dreaded it. I hated talking to you about my vision for the future. <laughs> like, I just had no idea. And just a couple of weeks ago, we had a meeting about my five-year goals, and it was so much easier to communicate. And I knew what I wanted. I was able to tell you what I wanted, and that's all because of coaching. That's awesome. Like when you say knew what you wanted, like we, we talked about seven year or five year plan and like what's your life. I mean, the house you're living in, what you're driving, the rental property you own, what part of town you live in, what you're doing at work, what your family life looks like. I mean, what you're wearing, like truly had a vision for exactly what your life looks like in five to seven years and then how to get there, which is it was mind blowing because again for five years, Jason, <laughs> we have been trying to figure this thing out. And like, and I can't, I truly could not figure out what motivates Elizabeth. She's not. I dangle money, money, commission. Let's go do this, and you you weren't money motivated. And there's some things you like knock out of the park, and there's some things like you and I butt heads on. You're like, I don't agree, so I'm not going to do that. And so there's just all I just couldn't ever figure you out of like how to motivate you or like what you cared enough about to like really take the next steps. And 
man, you figured it out in no time. Well, that's part of the awareness process. Um, we try to discover what's called your why it matters, which is not your Ooh, purpose. Okay, yeah. That's more like maybe lofty or where you want to go, but your why it matters is a driver. It's something that pushes you and shows up all the time. Okay. So um, that takes a little time to discover, but once you look at it, you start to see, whoa, this shows up everywhere. So do you mind sharing your why it matters? Um, my why it matters is to get results. All right, I like that. That make I think that aligns for me too, and why why it matters for me too is I'm a results oriented person. Yeah. So if if you give something Elizabeth that has a result on the end that she knows, man, I can do this and I can get there and I can get good results, then she's going to be all in and totally motivated for it. If she doesn't think she can get the results, you better work together and figure out how to get there. Or she's. She's going to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Which completely makes sense because there's things you will handle. I don't know how to get the result we want or how to get something set up or done, but you kind of see how you can do it. And you, you'll spend four or five hours figuring that out. You're really good at figuring stuff out and getting the result. But sometimes there's stuff that I don't think you see a way to get the result or even, that there is even a result. I think those things you're hesitant to ever start. And it definitely makes sense with when it comes to like consistently maintaining and managing something or doing the same thing over and over and over. That is not your strength or wheelhouse. And we have butted heads for years over that stuff. But knowing like there is, there is no result in managing or maintaining something necessarily. And so, yeah, so those things are, it really truly like, helps me understand how to put you in a place that's more successful for you and for us and for a business, for everything involved. And so it's super cool. I, I mean, on your side, what if, what do you think has been the most impactful thing for her that she's learned or you've taught along the way? Uh, I mean, I'll just start with Elizabeth is an external processor. Okay. So, I mean, really quickly that came out when she's talking to you all about everything that she's learning. So um, as a coach, I kind of gauge what kind of homework and how much. Oh, so so it's a customized, it's not a, no, no, no. I mean, there's there's certain things everybody does through Sherpa coaching and certain things you're kind of investigating. I mean, I'll spend an hour after a session just really thinking, like, why did she say that? What's going on there? What's going to help her the most? Where are we going in this path? It's kind of like being a detective. It's a lot of That's fun. That's awesome. I love it. It's more art than science in some of that pieces of it. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's a combination with that homework. When I give her homework that's, you know, outside, it's, um, okay, she's an external processor, so that's going to help her learn it. But then since it's so comfortable for her, how do I push her out of her comfort zone? Because... Um, you want, you want to be, so you've got your comfort zone, then you've got your learning zone, then you have your panic zone. <laughs> you don't want to put anybody in the panic zone cause they'll shut down. Okay. You want to people put people in the learning zone, but the closer to the edge of that panic zone you get, the faster the learning happens. And she's such a great external processor that giving her assignments to go to you all was still in the comfort zone. So that's, that's one of the reasons I challenged her to coach you. I thought, Okay, coaching your boss might be a little bit further That's to the learning the zone, line, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe close to the panic zone. So I love it. That's awesome because I mean, I I saw the biggest transformations and changes in my life when I figured out putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, whatever it may be. 
I had more growth exponentially than I ever have before. And that's when I learned that, which I developed that somewhat through like fitness and the physical side and it transformed into the business and mental side. But it comes back to that. If you can push yourself to be uncomfortable, you learn faster and better than just staying in your comfort zone and trying to learn in a more organic way. Um, Let's talk about you having her coach me. (laughs) Because <laughs> I learned, I truly learned some things about myself and, and I guess the perception of how things happen with our team. Mm-hmm. Um, I was coached on intimidation by, is it action? Activity. Activity. Intimidation by activity and, and intimidation by knowledge. And they were there were four you had me choose There's from. There's four different ones, yeah. Okay, and it's all about. I'm assuming this is all about why you're intimidating to the people around you. Is that essentially in a nutshell yeah. what it is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, intimidating intimidation can be intentional. You're trying to intimidate intimidate people to get something out of them, okay. which is not the case with you, right? Or it can be accidental. You're in, uh, intimidation by knowledge. It's great to have knowledge to be an expert. It's that. Strength overused it become can become a weakness. So yeah. some intimidation is just strength overused. So it's intimidation by activity, intimidation by knowledge. There was a couple more. There was intimidation by you remember what those demand. Were? Demand. So that's I need you to do this. I want you to do this. It's yeah. just you know very straightforward. Yep. Um, and I don't remember <laughs> the fourth one. I don't um, know why I can never remember the fourth. one. Yeah, that one. The one of the fourth one was didn't apply to me. But I looked at I, initially. I looked at all four, and I was like, I think I'm all these. This positivity. is by. Oh, it was. It's by positivity. Okay. Yep. So, so I looked at all four, and initially I was like, "Ooh, I think I'm all these." And then I eliminated the positivity, and then I'm like, "Yeah, I think I'm lesser on the intimidation by demand than the other two. But I clearly like in every day, and not when I'm stressed, not when I'm triggered, not certain, like pretty much every day, all day long. Intimidation by activity and intimidation by knowledge was coming out, mm-hmm. and that's where. For me, I just mind blown of like, why won't people come ask me questions? Or why are people like scared to come talk to me sometimes? I'm like, I'm easy to talk to. I, I'm very nice. I don't yell at anybody. I don't get mad very often. Mm-hmm. And then learning through that, I'm like, geez, this is it. Like when I look at intimidation by knowledge, I just don't do a good job giving instructions. I assume people know more than they do, or I assume people know what I know. And so I'm like, hey, go do this. And they yeah. don't have the first idea. And I, and that's where I'm like, okay, I, I can fix it. If, now that I know this, I can fix this. I can give way clearer instructions and way more explanation of what I want the result to be, which is good for you as a results-driven, and yeah. what the steps are to start and get there and kind of fill in that knowledge gap. But then the big one was intimidation by activity. And this, this is where I think – I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit, and you as well. So I think you and I are really good – is it coaches? What are we called? Sure. Coaches. The one receiving the coaching. Yeah, the one receiving yeah, the sure. coaching. Or a client or a coachee. Yeah, we're really good at, to be a, as a coachee because we see something, and I think we take immediate action to fix it. Um, I realize through intimidation by activity, I am busy all the time, like phone call to phone call, appointment to appointment, 150 emails, running out to – go to a chamber board meeting, running back, diving in an appointment, grabbing a coffee, doing this, walk with me while we talk. Um, 
And so that was creating that intimidation by activity. I'm always busy. I always have way more work than I can get done. But I'm always like, just interrupt me. Come ask me. Come if you need something, like it's your responsibility to get it out of me. And that wasn't working because of that intimidation. And so immediately I'm like, let's change my calendar. Let's switch to 30-minute client appointments. Let me free up two hours a day. It's for staff Q&A time. I won't be busy. I'll sit in my office with the door open. I'll be here to answer questions. And so, I mean, you've helped not only change a lot in our business through Elizabeth completely having a different seat and a much more valuable, important role for our business and for her, you've helped me change my calendar and my approach to my day through this intimidation. So. I'm sold. I think it's awesome what y'all are doing. Yeah, I was impressed by Elizabeth's ability to use a tool we call Weakness Mountain, which was to I take- love Weakness Mountain. <laughs> it is my favorite thing ever. Every single day I talk, and I, I call it all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I call it Negative Mountain. I call it Stronger Mountain. I call it Weakness Mountain. There, there's a, what's the pot, what's the other mountain? There's weakness, and it's like- uh, Expectation. Expectation Mountain. Yeah, I screw that all up. I, yeah. I call it all sorts of mountains, but yes, I love- Tell us about Weakness Mountain. It's my favorite yeah, part I mean, ever. The, the first step is, we've, we've talked about this already, but just getting down to the specific, what specific moments does this happen in? You know, you can name a behavior, poor communication, for example, but okay, what does that really mean? Uh-huh. Is it in an email? Is it in person? Is it, you know, who, who is it with? Maybe it's only with two people. So you've really got to get down to that hammering process, which it sounds like you all did a good job of getting to that place. And then... Replacement behavior is, what do I do instead? How am I going to notice this? What do I need to switch? You made a calendar switch. Um, Elizabeth talked about just taking a breath can be a switch. Oh, I got to get back into the other mindset. I'm going to recognize this when it happens. I'm going to take a breath, and I'm going to get back to my sweet spot. So it can be something small like a breath. It can be something bigger like a calendar change. I love it. That's awesome. Um, And I have learned it through recognizing when I do get in a stressful, like when I get stressed, I tend to like, not intentionally, but I just, my reaction is to stress out other people. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, take a breath, go for a walk, do something when I get stressed. Cause it, it starts to vibrate out to other folks. Yeah. Um, so you guys are nine weeks into a 12 week coaching session. Mm-hmm what in the heck are you going to talk about for the next three weeks? I don't know what else there is to do or fix. I I always am like, what more can I learn here? And I continue (laughs) to learn something awesome every week. It's incredible. So what's the next three weeks look like for? Do you know? Yeah, we're starting to get to the phase where um, people say a habit takes 21 days. Uh And Dr. Caroline Leaf, who does neuroscience research, says it's actually three cycles of 21 days. It's more like 63. So you really have to have a plan to stay with this and, uh, and make sure it becomes a habit. Yeah. Um, so for your schedule change, for example, maybe that happens for a week and you're like, man, I don't have time for this and it's done. Well, you can relook at it and go, okay, I didn't need to do it for this many hours. I need to do this. Or it needs to look like this instead. But if you stay with it and you get to the right fit in your life and you get it done for 63 days, it's just going to be a habit and it's going to be replaced. I love it. Let me talk about that for a second. Yeah. Because every... Not even every day, probably every six hours since I've made that change. I have a pull to want to go change it back. Mm. Like, I need to keep it like it is, but and it's it's working like it is. I've only had one pushback, and that was actually today. Mm. But 
it's so uncomfortable for me to switch to 30-minute meetings instead of an hour. I've wanted to go back mm-hmm. and change it every, like, multiple times a day, every single day. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. yeah, seeing it through or sticking with it or yeah. adapting it with factual evidence, not my feelings, I think is important. Yeah, and it's okay when you do a replacement behavior to, to work through it and make sure you find the right thing that fits. But eventually it's got to become a habit. So so that's the next phase, talking about establishing that as a habit. Um, so Elizabeth has a writing assignment to think through that process, who she's going to be in six months. Um, there's a book called um, The Art of Possibility. Okay. And one of their things, um, the, the teacher's, uh, the, the authors of that book were also teachers. Um, one of the authors was, in, was the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic. And so his students, he said, instead of giving you a grade at the end of the semester, I'm going to give you a grade at the beginning. You just tell me who you're going to be at the end, and then you stick oh. to that. And so um, it's called you know, give the person an A or give the A. And then you start treating them as if they're an A, and that person is holding themselves to who they're going to be at the end of the process. So you get rid of measurement, and you just go, this is what I'm going to live into and live towards. And so that's the goal with that is that she thinks through this process, thinks who she wants to become, and thinks of the two or three things she learned in this process that she really needs to make a habit of. So, Oh, I love that. You're, you're a – I guess that's interesting because – I mean, let's say – let me use this for an example with, with fitness – if I want to be a marathoner, but I've never ran before, and I'm like, I'm going to start running a mile and then two miles. If I start talking to myself and treat myself like a marathoner, I guess the end result, the likelihood of me actually sticking to that or seeing through those habits is yeah. higher. Is that a fair like analogy of what we're sure. talking about? Sure. I mean, and it forces you to think ahead. Okay, in six months, like, how am I different? Well, I set aside my time differently because that's what it takes. Or I think differently about challenges. I don't, I don't spend too much time worrying about a two-hour run. I just go do it. Or whatever those changes are going to need to be, you think ahead of time, and then you're more likely to make the habit changes to be that person at the end. Oh, I like it. So a lot of listeners want to change. They're listening to this podcast. They want to get stronger. They want to get better. They, they, want to, they want to be a different person in six months or five years or whatever it may be. But every single time the excuse I hear over and over is, I just don't have time. I'm too busy. What is your answer to that? How do you help people understand they're not too busy to, to implement some of these things or do some of these things in their life? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's important to have people. That's why, you know, that's why we do coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be hiring a coach, a, a Sherpa coach, a life coach. Um, but it's also just put, putting coaching in your everyday life. Have people in your life that say, hey, I want to do this thing, and I want you to hold me accountable. Um, I want you to ask me the hard questions. Uh, so I think it's important to have people in your life. I, that would be the biggest recommendation I would make is or do it with somebody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like that. Um, I know for me, that was my – I couldn't dr- – back up four years ago, I could not dream of having a free hour once a week that I spent on a Zoom call every Thursday at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. much less the homework that comes – I'm like, I don't – I'm too busy. I'm working 60 hours a week. I'm trying to have a life. I'm trying to grow businesses. I'm doing all these things. Like I don't, I don't have an hour a week to do coaching, but now I can't imagine not spending three or four hours a week on coaching. And interestingly enough, I'm doing way more, um, way more successful. I have more time than I've ever had, and right. so I don't know 
how or why it works, but it freaking works. It's yeah. a, somehow the more time you spend doing it, the more time you figure out and free up. So I think yeah. it's super cool. Because you stop doing things that were holding you back. Yeah. So performance equals capacity minus interference. Ooh, People yeah. say that performance equals capacity plus knowledge, and knowledge is important. But we keep trying to add knowledge instead of getting rid of the things in a way that are stopping us, the interferences. I love it. So I could sit there and do um, get, get up in the morning, get at my desk and start working and have 15 things in my mind and keep getting distracted by those 15 things. Or I could get rid of the interference by writing those down, having my to-do list, taking five minutes to do that, and all of a sudden I'm fully focused for what's in front of me. So a coach helps you focus. Uh, yeah, helps you. Get rid of all the noise and all the distractions. That's right. Makes sense. What would you, anybody out there that's thinking about coaching or questioning as coaching for me, what would you tell them? It will change your life for the better. Sign up today. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter who Employee, you are. Employee, business owner, unemployed. No, it doesn't matter. It's going to change your life. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I am sold on coaching. It is, it is the most transformational thing I've ever been involved in. And, on multiple levels with multiple coaches and different things, I, I think it's awesome. I, I really appreciate what you all do, Jason, and being willing to deal with all the crazy people like me and Elizabeth and <laughs> teach us how to be better. This is my favorite part of the episode. This is where we get to wrap things up and we get to share with our audience the max out moment. Mm. Jason, if there's one tactic, one tip, one takeaway, something you leave the audience with to go out this weekend and get stronger? What is your max out moment? Yeah, it's something that we've only really touched on. And I would say to be a coach. Everybody can be a coach. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to coach somebody for an hour, but you can stay in that moment of asking questions a little longer. So instead of asking one question, ask three or four to get understanding when you're listening to somebody. Or before you give somebody your knowledge on a topic, Ask questions until you coaching get is not telling. Coaching is asking and listening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let me give one more analogy that that goes along with this. If I'm standing there with a cup of water that represents my knowledge, and you represent have a cup of water that represents yours, and you're my boss, if you come over here and tell me everything you know, and you pour it into that cup, my cup just is overflowing. I actually didn't get your knowledge inside of me. If you give me a chance and you ask me questions, and I pour out all the thoughts in my head first, now I have an empty cup to receive. Good. That's a great visual. So, man, I needed to hear that because I, I think I struggle with that. Art Elizabeth, you don't get excluded from this. Oh, okay. Uh, surprising you a little bit here. <laughs> you get to share your max out moment with the audience. One tip, one takeaway, our listeners out there for this weekend, something you recommend they do or read or think about, one piece of advice. Maybe it's read a book. Hire a coach. Maybe it's a definitely hire a coach. Um, but something that's been helpful for me recently is if there's something I'm not looking forward to doing that day, if I do it first thing and get it out of the way, it changes my mindset for the whole day. So I've just been trying to do the things I'm dreading first thing. Um, and it's kind of like going to the gym. Once you get there, it's really not that bad. So once I dive into whatever I've been dreading working on, it's really not that bad. I just helps with the the attitude for the whole day so yes i love it two tips there to help you all go out and get stronger this weekend things to think about um awesome to have both of you on here i really appreciate elizabeth you taking the 
courage and finally agreeing to be on the podcast after multiple years of behind the scenes editing and running this whole thing and me trying to get you on here. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not getting better. So. Boom. I love it. That's another max out moment. <laughs> That's right. Jason, I appreciate you and all you poured into Elizabeth, you freeing up time to come do this with us today. Where do people find you at? Where do they connect? How do they find out more? Uh, so my website is inspiredleadershipcoaching.com. And you can email me at jason at inspiredleadershipcoaching.com. I love it. That is awesome. Well, there you go, everybody. Thank you for listening today. Go out and get stronger this weekend, and we'll see you next week.